I'm Daniel. And I'm Hannah. And we're massive Disney fans. So we've decided to start a podcast where we'll be re-watching some of our favorite movies. As well as reviewing new releases as they come out in theaters and on Disney+. Plus. So pull up a chair and come with us as we experience the magic of Disney. Hello there, Hannah. Hi, Daniel. You ready to do this again? Yep, we are re-recording the podcast because the audio files did not process correctly. So here we are, round two. It's the curse of the Black Cauldron. Now we have to relive that movie again. <laughs> we have to talk about it for the second time. Oh my god. I was literally telling everyone this week how bad that movie is. And then I, I was like, I'm glad it's out of my life. And here we are. Oh. Talking about it again. Yep. It's just our great luck, Daniel. Um, this review, as well as every review, does come with a spoiler warning. Um, if you haven't seen this movie, which you probably haven't, because I haven't met anyone who knows this movie. Um pause it right here, go watch it, and then come back. Otherwise, you will have zero clue what we're talking about. Well, do you want to get into the cast first, or you want to do plot? We should do the plot. Okay, plot. Um, so The Black Cauldron came out in 1985, and the plot is... How do I, how do I explain the plot? It is about a young pig keeper's assistant named Taryn, who is told to take care of this pig. Now, the pig has magical powers and has visions of this cauldron that holds evil, evil power. And the Horned King, who is evil, wants this power for himself because the Black Cauldron can raise an army of the undead, and that is his goal, to raise the undead and, I assume, take over the world. So Taryn must stop him, and along the way he meets some friends, Princess Ellenwe, Fluter Flam, the monkey dog, Gurgi. <laughs> um, that is how I will refer to him as a monkey dog. <laughs> because he looks like a monkey and a dog with white fur. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, do you want to do fun facts? Then I'll jump into the cast. Yep, let's do some fun facts. Alright, so this was Disney's first feature-length animated film to not feature any songs. What? I forgot about that. shocking to me. Honestly. And I really, I don't think I noticed it. I didn't either because I was too busy focusing on the terrible acting. Well, yeah, I mean, I don't think it would make it any better. I don't, no, it it would make it worse. Yeah, exactly. There'd be more stuff for me to critique. Okay, next. Um, the Black Cauldron was the first Disney animated film to receive a PG rating, which I expected. That makes sense. It's funny, though, because, like, I feel like when I was younger, I was always terrified of the Maleficent dragon. Um, it was, like, the scariest movie moment for me. Oh, yeah, I used to be so scared of that. Yeah. Okay, let's keep going. Apparently, this was a movie of firsts, because this was also the first Disney animated film to feature computer-generated imagery. Yes, I knew that. Wow. 
what else? Oh, this one. Um, one of the conceptual artists on the film was Tim Burton. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, because before Tim Burton was Tim Burton, he was actually a Disney animator. Of it is. Um. <laughs> so yeah, Tim Burton. 1980s. Yep. Tim Burton's film Stalk of the Celery Monster attracted the attention of Walt Disney Productions' animated division, which offered Burton an animator's apprenticeship at the studio. He worked as an animator, storyboard artist, graphic designer, art director, and concept artist on films such as The Sound, Tron, and The Black Cauldron. His concept art never made it into the fin- it never made it into finished films. Ah. Uh. Interesting. I feel like the movie has a Tim Burton vibe, though. No, yeah, I definitely, like, I I see that. Not, like, Fox the Hound. I don't really uh-uh. get the yeah. Tim Burton. I understand with Tron. But, like this, I'm reading the um, Tim Burton page on Wikipedia. Wikipedia said he was just an animator apprentice. His next live-action short was Frank and Weenie, which was released in 1984. So not the newer one that came out okay, this right. decade. There, it's on Disney Plus because it, I think it is technically Disney, um, and it's live action, and it's only like 15 minutes long. And then someone saw Frank and Weenie and chose Burton to direct the cinematic spinoff of the popular character Pee Wee Herman. Pee-wee's big adventure and that is where he befriended Danny Elfman who wrote a lot of Tim Burton movie music Sweeney Todd not Sweeney Todd I'm sorry um Charlie and the Chocolate Factory and the Johnny Depp version as well as Nightmare Before Christmas Danny Elfman did the music to both of those okay um (laughs) Tim Burton also directed Sweeney Todd, which is a really good musical. Um, not a great movie. Okay. Cool. Well, that's all the facts I've got for you. Let's get to the cast. Taryn was voiced by Grant Bardsley. Princess Ellen Wee was voiced by Susan Sheridan. Dolben was voiced by Freddie Jones. Fluter Flam was voiced by Nigel Hawthorne. Uh, Gergi was voiced, I'm sorry, John Biner, and I don't see the Horn King on here, but the Horn King was voiced by John Hurt. Correct. And I don't know any of these people. Neither However, do I. However, no. I do know that John Hurt, not to get off topic again, but John Hurt um, played Ollivander in Harry Potter. That's the wand salesman guy. Yeah, so that's the cast. Um, Should we just get into the notes? Let's get into the notes. Perfect. I know you have a lot of notes. I have a page and a half of notes. Literally insane. Mine's like maybe three quarters of a page, but well, that's fine. I took okay. So I have a note like every minute, more or less, um, and most of them are just critiquing the movie, saying how awful it is. Well, I'm excited to hear it because I agree with you in thinking the movie is terrible. So 
I yeah. mean, if I disagree I, with you, that would not be fun. I would love to meet someone who enjoys this movie. Oh my gosh. I guess yeah. I just want to like pick their brain for a minute, you know? Oh, that would be like kind of an argument though. Oh, it would absolutely be an argument. It, would, it wouldn't even be an argument. It would be like, your favorite movie is Black Cauldron? You're wrong. My first note is, and this is like what I wrote. There are like two compliments on my page and a half of notes. Um, the first one is a compliment and it's better animation than the Aristocats. Yeah. I mean, I wrote the animation style so different than the Aristocats in a good way. Yeah, and it's 100% because the CGI just cleaned everything up. Exactly. Um, it's flawless. Uh, my first note is at 2.25. Um, I don't have a timestamp, but I said the pig is so cute. The pig is adorable. Henwen is literally oh the God. cutest what, like, side I mean, character? I don't really know what to specify. I, I don't either. Typically, animals in movies are sidekicks. There wasn't really a sidekick in this movie. There wasn't. A, yeah, so I Which, don't really want to classify Henwen as a sidekick. Yeah, the fact that there isn't a sidekick in this movie, like, that's kind of a big flaw. Yeah, I feel like if they had that, it would definitely improve the movie. Like, I think they try to, like, market it off as Gurgi as the sidekick, but they... Oh. No. No. They didn't build that enough to justify that gurgi's like never in the movie um exactly my first note is taryn says when i go off um what does taryn say oh taryn says do you think the war is finished i would love to still go and fight he says something like that what war exactly because like (laughs) The prologue never specified anything about a war, so nope. clearly there's a war going on, and no one has yet mentioned it, and it will never be mentioned again. This is the start of very many plot holes in this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we have more to share, so don't you worry. <laughs> um, my next note, 30 seconds later. <laughs> Hit us. <laughs> oh god, I don't remember. I wrote these like a week ago, so Oh, I remember. Um my next note is Ben Franklin. I don't remember the actual character's name. It's the pig keeper. It's Taryn's boss. It's Ben Franklin. He looks like Ben Franklin, so I'm going to call Are him Ben Franklin. Related? I don't know. Cuz I got a sense that they were family in some way. I'm getting the, um, like, orphan Ben Franklin took him in. Yeah, something like that. They're close, but I don't, I don't know if they're, I feel like if they're a family, he would say, like, your mother or your father, right? Uh Uh-huh, yeah. Um, anyway, Ben Franklin says, if the Horn King returns, like, that's also another plot hole because what do you mean if he returns like i thought like the whole point of this movie is like the kingdom's kind of in peril because the horn king is about to attack and they never know when mm-hmm. like returns did he go somewhere he was just on vacation you know <laughs> he had to take a break from all the murder and torture you know go to the bahamas yeah. get a nice tan and then come back 
a little break from his work, his Honestly. hard labor. <laughs> um, my next note is until six minutes. Okay, so another one that I don't have a timestamp for, and we talked about this when we recorded the podcast uh-huh. last time. Last week. But we were talking about how I feel like this movie reaches like a whole new level of unrealistic, um, especially with the added scenes that I didn't feel were necessary, like the three witches um, or the fairy scene. The fairy, the fairy scene was pointless. Exactly. I have a note. It's like around the end. Um, I was watching the movie and I just thought to myself, like, the witches are really well written characters and they like mm-hmm. really do serve a serve a point. However, this movie would be a hundred times better if they were in there from the beginning. Like Agree. Like if T- Taryn went into the woods with the pig and he met the witches in the woods and they like led him on the journey and he like didn't know that he was doing the wrong thing or whatever i i don't know i'm not a screenplay writer um Mm -hmm. and the other thing i realized this movie is not that long it's i think what an hour and 24 minutes or it was an hour and 21 minutes an hour and 21 minutes so maybe they just needed more oh my god that's such a good thought wow that honestly you're probably right that's like, without those scenes, I mean, that movie would be probably less than an hour. You said there's a lot of crazy characters? Yeah. Um, That's because, I'm pretty sure, this movie was originally a book. Mm-hmm. And the it was a series, it's a series of five, and they're called the Chronicles of wherever this movie takes place. The Chronicles of Puritan. Um, there are five books, and The Black Cauldron is book number three. Okay. So Disney is just like jumping us right into the middle of the story, um, which is honestly probably what the war is about, and like where the Horn King went. Probably happened mm-hmm. in book one or two that Disney thought, no, we don't need movies of those. But that's why there's so many characters, because in a book, that's how books work, right? If if there is only one character, the reader would get bored. However, in a movie, if there's only one character, the audience can, you know, sit through that more easily. Mm-hmm. This would be an amazing book. Like, I can I can see this as a book. The only reason I bothered to look up if it was a book was because while I was watching it, I'm like, this should be a book. Oh. Um, yeah. I think I knew that it was a book beforehand. I didn't. The books were published between 1964 and 1968. Um, so if you know anyone who has read these books by Lloyd Alexander, um... I don't know where that sentence was going. I, I'm not going to read the books. I don't like reading. I mean, so I guess we'd love to know if some of the plot holes that we mentioned today in the um, in the Black Cauldron, if those are answered in the other two books. Yeah. Um, I should I try to read the plot on Wikipedia of the Black Cauldron, but I got so lost. <laughs> um, 
my next note is when Taryn is giving Henwen a bath, Henwen starts screaming just out of nowhere. She starts screaming. Why is she screaming? It's never answered. No she just knows. starts screaming, runs away. Ben Franklin grabs her, shoves her head into a bowl, and then magic happens. And <laughs> that's the end of the scene. Yep. Yeah. Oh, also the pig's magic. Yeah, by like, the way. <laughs> by the way, the pig has powers. And the powers aren't even, like, good powers, because... They say all the time, like, Henwen can see into the future, but she never does. Like, the only thing we see Henwen see see is what's going on in the moment, but somewhere else. Like, a crystal ball would work, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Hannah, you made a really good analogy last week. I don't remember what Uh, it was. We were talking about how the pig's powers are similar to the mirror from Beauty and the Beast. Yes, yeah, the pig's powers are, like, you can't see exactly what you want to see I didn't, that I know of. Like, you can't ask her, show me what's going on in London right now. But it looks like maybe the pig is just connected to the cauldron, and she can only s- tell you where the cauldron is or, like, who's possibly. looking for it. Um, yeah, that's possible. I don't know. The, her powers were never explained. Um, when's your next note? 8.45, and I don't know what I wrote. Okay, my next one's at 9.31. All right, well, let's listen to what happens at 8.45. Come Hide? But why? Only I knew the secret of Henwen's power. But now the Horned King has discovered it. We must make sure he never uses it to find the Black Cauldron. Um, how did some dude, miles and miles and miles away, stuck in a castle, find out that this random pig is magical? Uh, He must be magical, too. Uh, We don't see any proof of that, so I'm gonna go with no. I'm gonna go with, like, the Horn King is... I don't know. I don't know. I don't know, but there's a plot hole for you. Another unanswered question. Another unanswered question. At nine minutes and 31 seconds, we're this far into the movie, and he has already left to, I guess, embark on his mission. And, like, you can tell that there's not a lot of development in this movie just by that timestamp. It's only 10 minutes in, and we already know he's going out to do something. Like... Literally, really, yeah. Literally, like, no character, only character with the tiniest bit of character development. And it's not even like good character development. Oh, it's it's terrible. It's not all there, is Taryn. And like, the only thing we know about Taryn is he wants to be a warrior and he doesn't want to let down, let Ben Franklin down. Right, so like he wants to like, oh, I have to take this pig to this cabin on the other end of the woods. I'm gonna do that, uh, like, and then he fails. So yeah, I was like, spoiler alert, he can't even do that. Like, we kind of get a glimpse of why Taryn is so determined throughout the movie, 
because but it's only just because he wants to be a warrior there's nothing like behind that or more than that mm-hmm. um my next note is when we first meet gurgi there is no backstory to him um correct he just kind of shows up steals the apple and then when taryn goes no you can't have my apple he starts beating himself up like literally punching himself in the head and go oh i deserve smackings and whackings on the top of my head and it's like who are we talking about what character are we talking about we were talking about last week i don't know why last week harry potter came up every five minutes like frequently yeah i don't remember it came up in the beginning like before we even got into the movie and then john hurt who plays orville and then gurgi is pretty much like a bad version of dobby (laughs) right like we see in harry potter in harry potter 2 dobby does the same thing he starts beating himself up i don't remember exactly what i haven't read the books i've only seen the movie um i think in the movie if memory serves me correctly i think in the movie he like smashes a lamp on top of his head or something it's something harsh and Mm -hmm. we understand why he does that because house elves and him specifically have been mistreated for many 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 years by really bad people um i think it was malfoy's dad is his true master and like there's a reason for him to go into that immediate instinct of oh i did something wrong i'll I'll just punish myself you don't have to do it you don't have to waste your time with that but with gurgi it's just this random monkey dog that can't have an apple um let's see i don't know what timestamp this is because i did not do a good job of writing timestamps but i said if I was watching this when I was younger, the Horn King would have scared me. Oh my god. Oh my god. Thanks. The Horn King is the only reason this movie is rated PG. Exactly. That is terrifying. I can't imagine like if kids watch this when they're younger. Also, while we're on the topic of the Horn King, he also has no background. Exactly. Like, we don't even know what he wants through the movie. He has this like whole opening monologue. Where at the end of it, he's like, I want to be a god. And we're like, well, well, great. But, like, tell us realistically what you want. Like, like he has to raise the, like, the army from the dead, right? Yeah, and like, I didn't even... Do we even... know anything about that army or, like, what they mean to him? Um, Not that I know of. The only way that you would know that he wants to raise an army of the undead is if you really listen in the opening prologue and you really listen to the Horn King's monologue. Like, in the opening monologue, in the opening, like, prologue narration thing, I don't remember exactly what it says, but it does mention the Black Cauldron can bring an army of the undead. And then during the Horn King's monologue, he, like, picks up a skeleton and says, soon I will have my army. Um, And then Mm -hmm. it pans to all the skeletons. But we don't know why he killed all these people. We don't know what he wants in life. We don't even know if he wants to take over the kingdom or the world. We don't even know how. We know that he took over the castle he's currently staying in. But we don't know how. We don't know why. We Mm -hmm. don't know 
we don't know a lot of things. Correct. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's bottom line. Yep. <laughs> yeah. What is your next note? Um. Oh, this 14 minutes and 20 seconds. Mm-hmm. Um, I said, Donald Duck, is that you? Because Gurgi sounds like Donald Duck in that moment. Gurgi? Okay, let's see who voiced Gurgi, because I want to see if he was in anything else. John, John Biner. John Biner, American actor. He is known for, out of all the things he's been in, um, sorted by most popular first. The Black Cauldron is at number three, which means he probably wasn't in much. Mm-hmm. Um, nothing that I recognize, at least. Yeah, I think I looked him up because when I was watching it, because I was like, his voice sounds familiar, like he should be from something else, Disney, and I couldn't find anything. John, I looked up John Biner, Donald Duck. Um... He was on the Carol Burnett show where in one comedy sketch he wore a Donald Duck costume and mimicked the cartoon character's voice. So sounds like he was a voice actor and for most voice actors, the Donald Duck voice is kind of easy. Um random fact about me are the the guy who used to come into our house and tune our piano did a really good Donald Duck impression. <laughs> I feel like there's a a good amount of people who can do decent Donald Duck impressions. I'm not one of them. The only impression I can do is Eric Cartman from South Park. My friends say it's pretty good. I don't think it's that great. <laughs> um, my next note, I don't have a timestamp for it, but I it's the moment where Henwen is running from the dragons in the field. You can tell like that that shot was done with computers. Like, it's it's smooth. You can kind of see the rough patches. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of cool, like, seeing those moments of, like, oh, look, that's a computer. Like, I can make that separation. I'm glad I'm learning a little bit more about animation. Yeah, I think it's interesting. I've learned a lot about animation through you, too. Um, yeah, no, it's it's definitely hard trying to find, like, a lot of information. Um but it's fun, like, seeing the process of how Disney came to be whatever the last animated movie was, Frozen 2. hmm Right? Um, yeah. So my next note is 16 minutes through 18 minutes. Okay. Um, the animation is really good, and it's, like, really smooth. However, it looks really bad, and that's because of the, because of the lighting. Um, if you look up, if you go on Google and you look up animated movies before lighting and you go to images, like the first one is such a, you can really like see the difference. Yeah. Um, it's a, oh, wow. We can post it on Instagram. Um, but yeah, the lighting everything up. the lighting in those two minutes are really bad and you mm-hmm. can't tell what's in the foreground and what's in the background. Yep. 
but um, the animation, like the way he's moving, it's not. It's very smooth. I said my next note is at nineteen minutes. Okay. Um, let me see what my next my next note is. Oh, well, I don't have a timestamp, so you go first, and then I'll see if um that's you should have had this note. Um, at nineteen minutes and fifty one seconds, there is a dancer that resembles Esmeralda. Oh right, it is uncanny. Um, costume wise, it's clearly a different human. Um, yes. he has the same outfit on as Esmeralda. Mm-hmm. Which is funny because Hunchback of Notre Dame came out in 1996. And this movie came out in 1985. So, was Esmeralda based off the Black Cauldron? God, I hope not. Oh, no. <laughs> At 22 minutes is when we see the pig walk out and that the Horn King has captured her. At this moment um, in the movie, Taryn has made it into the castle to rescue the pig from the Horn King. And this moment was kind of a letdown for me because I kind of like predicting movies when I see them because sometimes I feel like it's easy and like I know the ending and I like being right. Um, and when Taryn was walking with the pig in the woods, the only thing I knew about this movie was there was a guy and there was a girl and the girl wore a pink dress. That's all I knew about it. And I was certain at that moment, like, oh my God, the pig is going to turn into a girl. Like somehow, like this girl has magic powers and somehow she was cursed to be a pig and like maybe... The girl is Ben Franklin's daughter or granddaughter. Maybe it's like Taryn's sister and Taryn never knew that the pig was actually his sister. And then at this moment, it was kind of like a buildup for me. I'm like, oh my God, it's the girl. The girl's going to walk out. And then she was a pig. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then my next note is how, <laughs> how do they know how to use the pig's powers? Gives another plot hole. They like seemingly already know how the pig works, and you need like the bowl of water and to push her head into the water. And it's just plot hole, you know? Another one, yeah. Another I one. mean, how do they even know that the pig has powers? I mean, how do they know how to bring about those powers? Like, why get water? Like, what? How do they know about the pig? Exactly. Like, Like, how did they find out about the pig? Like, who told, honestly? (laughs) Who's the snitch? (laughs) Who's the snitch? Come on, guys. Okay, um, my next note. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my god. I cannot believe this. Hannah, I skipped a note. Oh, what'd you skip? I skipped a note. One of my favorite notes. We're gonna go back to 12 minutes and 31 seconds to this oh, moment I think I know what this is. to this moment of high class acting I knew it <laughs> this is the best moment in the movie and I am going to find some way to make this my ringtone okay let's get some sound <laughs> 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 
run! Penguin? Oh, no! <laughs> Let's listen to it again. Instant replay. Penguin? Oh, no! I can't. It's so funny. It's so bad. Jumping ahead back to where we were, another moment of of high class acting. Twenty two minutes and fifty five seconds. I don't actually remember this one. Oh, this one. Um, he does this weird stutter, and it's like there's no need to do a stutter. Like he. You can hear how he's acting, the fear. Uh-huh. Yes, sir. The stutter? The stutter, but you have to, like, see it in the movie. The, the character, Taryn, like, his mouth is open and he's just, like, moving his head and no words are coming out and then and then we hear a y- y- yes sir and it's like a good 3 seconds of just silence and Taryn's mouth is open oh here's another um it's not really a plot hole but it's just a moment that the animators have seemed to forgot about so at one point the the water bowl that Henwen sticks her head into is normal water. And then mm-hmm. when the water splashes onto the Horn King, it is suddenly boiling hot. Oh, right. Is is the Horn King, like, the Wicked Witch? Like, can he not get wet? Will he melt? Like... I'd hope he'd w- melt. What's up? Why, why can't we be near water, huh? I kind of hope he is so this movie could just be over with. Honestly... <laughs> This is a terrible movie. Okay. My next critique. They're not notes anymore. They're just critiques. Yes. Um, This is the moment where Henwen is, for the first 25 minutes of this movie, Henwen is the most important character. She is like the center of this movie. Without the, without the pig, there would be no movie. And at this moment, Taryn throws the pig off the castle, tells the pig to swim in the ocean, and then the pig is irrelevant. We never see the pig again, literally. That's literally it. And the other thing is, like, it's a pretty high fall. Um, I don't even think the pig would have made it to the water. It's a castle. Exactly. Like, he literally throws the pig off the cat. You know what? Let's play the clip. And the pig just falls off the castle. Mm-hmm. Like... What? Yeah, it's just stupid. It is. It honestly is. And now we're at your note. Perfect. Back to the dungeon. It's a terrible dungeon. It's 
the worst dungeon. It looks like a basement. I'm pretty sure it's just the basement. It's so unconventional. It does not work. Like, and why? Then why? It, it's like, throw him in the dungeon. He's in the dungeon. And then this girl just walks in. Like, <laughs> yeah. it is like, unguarded. It is unguarded. It is unlocked. And this girl, who, by the way, happens to be a princess what unnecessary never like never again mentioned ever no need for the princess title <laughs> i honestly think it was their de- disney's desperate attempt to go back to the disney princess thing yeah i guess but uh, it's not a movie about princesses it doesn't even have any of the same themes like any of the same concepts of a princess movie would have. There's no songs. There's exactly no songs. Like, the only princess movie that doesn't really have songs is Brave. And even Brave has songs. <laughs> She's Merida's not singing them, but I believe uh, it's the same. I like the music in Brave, though. No, I do, too. I have nothing against the music in Brave. But, like, that is the closest princess movie to not having music. Mm-hmm. There are only two songs. It's not a me. It's not, like musical form merida isn't singing in the moment it's kind of just like background Background. um but i believe it's the same actress as the girl who voices merida julia no never mind i was wrong oh that was an incorrect statement yeah it's just kind of background music um but it's still music what else we got here uh, I don't have another note till 31 minutes, so you are okay. free to... I actually, off. I just have one more note, and then I have a 31-minute note. Perfect. Um, so I have a note at 28 minutes and 6 seconds. Oh, and it's Taryn saying... It's Taryn saying the pig can see the future, which is not true. Incorrect. The, <laughs> yeah, the pig cannot see the future. We've discussed this already. Um... <laughs> It's just like a crystal ball. Um, but it does remind me of what we were talking about last week. We were trying to realize the purpose of Princess Ellenwe, not just the fact that she's a princess, but the purpose of her character. She doesn't really do anything. She has this little magic ball thing that not there for any of the movie. Like in the beginning of the movie, it's introduced that this little magic ball is like her pet and follows her around and then it's gone. Uh-huh. Um, and that thing is never there again. Ever. Never. I think there. at like one point it comes back, right? Yeah, it does. I wrote down a second. I wrote uh-huh. down every time we see Bobble and every time we don't. No, but the only purpose is she has a line that's a very whoever voiced her threw the line away. It was so important. She says <sighs> The king kidnapped me because he thought my bauble could show him where some cauldron was. Like, that is so important. That is called exposition. Okay? <laughs> it is the essence of a story. Uh-huh. It tells us that the Horn King has been searching for a long time to find this cauldron and is desperate to do anything. He kidnapped a princess... And then when the princess was useless to her, threw her in the dungeon. 
like yeah. it, it gives That's... us a lot about the Horn King's character, but we still don't have a backstory from him, so we don't know why he's evil. He's just it's evil. In, yeah, it's just an essential piece of the storyline, and all we get of it is one sentence. Mm-hmm. Which isn't the actress's fault. Um, it's the writer's uh, fault. Yeah, the writer's fault. Um. Yeah, and what's your thirty-one minute note? My thirty-one minute note is the harp. My thirty-one. My thirty-one note is also the harp. The harp is like Pinocchio's nose. The harp is magic. Yeah, surprise. <laughs> By the way, also pointless to the story, but the harp can tell when the holder, the holder of the harp, is lying. <laughs> um. And then my next note was shut up. Oh. And that was directed toward Fluter Flem, who I would like to point out if you haven't seen this movie, which again, <laughs> go watch it because I'm sure you're very confused. Um, Fluter Flem is an old guy. He's like, how old would you say he is, Hannah? Oh, goodness. He's like, what, 50, 60? I don't know. Let's, let's look up. Fluter Flem age on Disney Wiki. Fluter Flem is the son of Godo, was an aspiring bard and wanderer, and sometime ruler of a small cantrev in the northeast of Pridane. Like, the image from the book, he looks like 30, 20. Yeah. Even. Oh, and here's stuff, really? here's stuff about the harp for the book. Yeah, no, there's a cool, um, We. I'm going to post this on the Instagram. There's a cool image from the book of Princess Ellen Wee, Taryn, and Fluter. And it's, it's very similar to the movie. Oh, interesting. Well, we should definitely post it then. Sorry, I'm trying to find out how old he actually is appears as an elderly, cowardly man with white hair and a pot belly. Like, it's so different from the book. My God. Okay, anyway, awful character. More pointless than the princess, because the princess, she's the love interest, which I get. Clear mm-hmm. Flam is just this old guy who follows them around and doesn't do anything. Well, yeah, but also she's, like, the only female in the whole movie, so, of course, she has to love interest. There's the pig. Okay, fine. There's the pig. <laughs> um, but yes, this this movie um did not pass the Bechdel test. In case you were wondering. Oh, I'm sure it did not. Um, I think only like five Disney movies have passed the Bechdel test. Um, I looked. We it should up. explain that. I, oh, um, do you want to explain it while I'm looking up which ones passed? Uh, sure. Okay, so. The Bechdel test is basically a, a measure of women in movies. So essentially, you have to like pass these certain requirements to pass the test. Um, so it wants a work that features at least two women who talk about something other than a man. Two named women. Two named women. Yeah, correct. It, they're required that they're named and they talk about something other than a man. Um, and it has to be for, like, two minutes. Correct. I think that's right. Oh, here are the rules. Um, two female characters 
both of which are named, and they have to talk anything other than the male character. Okay, so it doesn't have to be timed. And it was created by um, a woman named Alison Bechtel. That's where the name comes from. And mm-hmm. for all you theater nerds out there like me, Alison Bechtel is the creator of the musical Fun Home. Okay, cool. Um, which is based on a comic book. She did the comic book. Yeah, so essentially the test is just used um, to make sure there's an active presence of women in the field of film and movie making. Um, and I guess writing, doesn't there, isn't it a part of writing too? I think it does. Yeah, I think it can apply to anything. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's most commonly used for movies. All right. So, so this um, website um, gives each movie a point if it has one point it almost passed but like just barely if it has two points it passed completely okay so snow white has one point because is the queen really a name oh. however they do talk about uh, people other than the prince or the dwarves cinderella passed because Lady Tremaine, Anastasia, and Drizella all talk about different things. Yep, perfect. Alice in Wonderland, same idea. Queen of Hearts, not really a name. Peter Pan, Wendy Darling has conversations with her mother and Tiger Lily. So that one passed. Sleeping Beauty passed because of Flora, Fauna, and Meriwether. The Black Cauldron, the evil witches talk to each other at some point, right? Oh, but do they have names? I think they do. I can't remember. Obviously wasn't impactful. All right. Well, not a lot of Disney movies pass. Um, anyway, back to this terrible movie. Hannah, where were we? Oh, gosh. I We were talking about oh, how... She's the love interest, but she's kind of the only female, so naturally she'd be the love interest. Oh, yeah. Um, Back to our tangent, the Bechdel test has a website with all the movies that pass. My next note is Bobble gone. Bobble is gone. 32 minutes, he doesn't appear, and we don't see Bobble until 50 minutes. My next note. Okay, you ready for this? Yep. The pig's magic. The heart magic. What else? The floating ball of light is magic. And now a random sword that Taryn stole from a grave is magic. Wow. They really got magic on their side. Oh, huh? and a cauldron is magic. Oh. Yeah, Way to add the magical objects. Yeah, Um. it seems like magic's doing all the work in this movie seems a little excessive to me and not people yeah it's not like um they're saving themselves yeah. <laughs> and it looked like everyone was scared because like oh he has the old king's sword like some kind of king arthur thing i thought maybe like it was gonna lead somewhere to like that was taryn's destiny or whatever and then it didn't the sword was just a magic sword that helped them get out of the castle Mm-hmm. 
Um, my Back. next note is uh, ta Taryn. Taryn equals big ego. No, nah, um, they all have a big ego. Fluter Flam has the biggest ego. I don't know. Um, I think Taryn's just like determined and kind of a dreamer. Really? Because I just found him annoying. Yeah, and I I like, feel that once he found Henwen, there was really no need for him to go after and save the day and like stop the Horn King from opening the Black Cauldron because yeah. he had completed his original job, which was to get Henwen to the safe place. Yeah. And so that was like to to me that was like his ego was playing such a big factor because the movie didn't even have to go there if it didn't want to. Wait, where are you at in the movie? Um they just escaped from the castle. So he talks about how he's like I forget what he says. But well, he's like I have to stop the horn king or something. Yeah, which is kind of another plot hole. They escape from the castle and his first instinct isn't let's find the pig mm -hmm. it's oh i have a magical sword now let's kill the horn king like somehow the magical yeah. sword became the most relevant object and then like the pig that goes away mm -hmm. and then we see his ego grow after they meet the fairy people um and he's like oh you you take the pig home or something like that. Yeah, I'm gonna go suddenly, stop like, the horn king. He suddenly like becomes a leader. And while you just said that, let's talk about that for a moment. <laughs> the fairies. So unnecessary. What? Somehow this other like world of fairies is living underneath a pond, a puddle, <laughs> in the middle of some random forest, and the pig just happens to be there too. Like, I'm not buying. Just happens to end up there. And the pig is there, and there isn't even a celebration. It's just like, oh, are you here looking for the pig? And Taryn's like, oh, right, you have the pig? Yeah, will you take her back home for me? Thanks, you're the best. There's no love for the pig. Like, and then the pig never appears. Um, Fairies are pointless. What else were they going to talk about? Right. right. Right, 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 Sorry. I'm, like, excited about talking about how bad this movie is. Um, like, I am, too, because my, it's terrible. My energy level is up. Okay. Um, We are 40 minutes into the movie. That's when they meet the fairies, okay? Mm -hmm. The first time we met Gurgi was 12 minutes into the movie. We, Gurgi is the monkey dog. We monkey dog. do, we do not see the monkey dog until 40 minutes into the movie. There is 38 minutes of this movie and a half an hour of this movie. There is no Gurgi. And I will explain to you why that was a terrible choice when we get to the end. But just know that this annoying monkey dog was there was there 12 minutes in, disappeared, and now the annoying monkey dog is back. 30 minutes later. 
Okay. Mm -hmm. And then they meet the witches. After the fairies, they meet the witches. Oh, the witches. I like the witches. I don't dislike the witches. It just it just seems like another distraction. You're absolutely right. It was just another like kind of way to fill in the plot. Um but it was a better one. Like it was a good choice. They should have continued with it. Yeah. If they were more present in that movie like even before this cuz what you said were like what 40 45 minutes into the movie at this point? Yeah. Maybe more. Um, then I think that would have improved it a lot. Yeah, I really wish um, the witches would like would have liked led Taryn through. If the witches should have been more like the Fates in Greek mythology, uh-huh. they're kind of like mysterious, and they kind of could like have led Taryn on this journey, or like manipulated him. In this is what okay, I have it. This is what the movie should have been. Are you ready? I am ready. Okay. So we start normally. We learn that the pig has powers and whatnot. The Horn King has so much backstory. We relate to him with why he's evil. Okay. Taryn goes in the woods to bring the, to just get the pig to the cabin. And he meets these three mysterious women who are the witches. Okay. And the women, the witches manipulate him into going to the castle to steal the magic sword for them. Uh-huh. Right? Yeah. That's it. Okay. I'm done talking now. I feel like that's our profound thought for the episode. That's our profound thought. That's going to be a new thing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I have another note because I have, like, Three more notes. Not till an hour. Okay. Um, one of the witches, like the main witch, gives me Medusa vibes from the rescuers. Right. Do you see that? Yes. Yeah. Um, and they also um they give me hocus pocus vibes. I feel like that's just because they're three witches and they call each other sister. I feel like they kind of look similar. Uh <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> I don't see it. I don't see it. Oh, I can't wait to start watching Hocus Pocus. I don't watch um anything to any like Halloween movies, Halloween music. I don't do any of that till October first. Ooh, well, we're coming up on it. I am like patiently waiting. Um, when do they start putting up stuff in the parks? Oh, um. That's a good question. Don't they start doing it like mid-August? I want to say because the not um, Mickey's not so scary Halloween parties starts mid-August, and I mean they used to start in September and they just got so popular they kept having to push them back. I know they're not happening this year, um, so I'm not sure if decorating has been pushed back or not. Well, because I, I, I saw say- I saw on one of the Instagram pages of Disney they were putting up decorations and i saw that and i'm like it's like september 10th yeah. like I guess what they is like fall if they wanted to yeah, yeah i'd assume um, that they're all already up by now um the big pumpkin the mickey pumpkins i've actually never been in the fall i'm 
like I went to a Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween party and I think it was my best the best Disney trip I've had to date. I mean, it was so fun. The decorations are amazing. I mean, they really go all out. I know that Universal goes all out with like their Halloween horror nights or something. I'm sure they do. That um the mummy ride in Universal is terrifying. Oh, I've never been on it. I was too scared. It's terrifying. Um yeah, there's nothing there's not really any scary rides at Disney. Oh no, I don't think there is at all. Okay. Black Cauldron in Disney? No, not that there's I nothing. can think of, which is a good thing. Like, there wasn't even, like, a Princess Alan Wee meet and greet in 1980? Um, don't believe so. We can look it up. But... I'm looking it up. I, I really want to see what they do. There was a quick service restaurant in Magic Kingdom themed after the Black Cauldron and... The character Gurgi. It closed in 1993. Today, it is known as Friar's Nook. I have another representation in the parks. Oh. So apparently, there was an attraction called Cinderella Castle Mystery Tour in Tokyo Disneyland. Okay. That featured an account an encounter with the Black Cauldron villain, the Horned King. Hmm. Um, which kind of surprised that that was a thing but this operated from 1986 to 2006 and it closed due to the horned king being too scary i believe that every second of that um horn king is like kind of a well-known villain yes like i always knew the horn king was from the black cauldron i never knew anything about him um, see, I was going to say the other thing around. I always knew the Horn King was a villain, but I didn't know what movie he was associated with. Yeah, here we go. I'm on Disney Wiki appearances. He has to appear in something else. Black Cauldron, House of Mouse. Oh, House of Mouse. Um, I never watched House of Mouse, but it looks like he was in a few episodes. Oh, here we go. Disney Parks, the Horn King appears as an audio animatronic in, to- in a Tokyo Disneyland attraction. Yep. That looks terrifying. Oh, my God. Did you see that picture? Yeah. Isn't it scary? Oh, my God. That's going on the Instagram. Could you? I would die seeing that in real life. Oh, my God. Same. Because, like, did you go on the um the Little Mermaid ride in Disneyland? Um, yes. Like, yeah. those animatronics are incredible. Ariel, like, Ariel moves so fluidly, and her hair, and Ursula, like, looks like she's talking. Like, it looks so real. I would die if I saw the Horn King, like, look that real. Yeah. We gotta go to Tokyo together. I would love to go to Disneyland. Um... Yeah, I wonder, like, what's the best international Disneyland? I've heard great things about Tokyo because they have that, it's called Tokyo Disney Sea or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't really know what it's based off because I don't really do much research on the international parks, but it looks amazing. Oh, and the food there. I've heard the food there is phenomenal. I've heard that too. So that's my top one to go to. Because it's, like, fancy food, but, like, kind of cheap. And they also have, like, 
they also have like themed mochi. Um, oh my god, I saw that. They're like alien that look like the alien heads. Yeah, that is adorable. It, oh my god, they're they're cutest thing ever. I I never thought food could be so cute. I've never had mochi, but like I'd eat it. I would too. I would try it if it looked like a Toy Story alien. Okay, where were we? I have no idea where we left off. I, Medusa. She looks like Medusa. He said Hocus Pocus. We're talking about Disney. Um, are they doing the... Wait, if they're not doing Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party, are they doing the Hocus Pocus, like, spectacular thing? Um, the show? From what I heard, they were still doing the show. Okay, because that's always incredible. Like, I love seeing people perform. Um, my next note is just screaming at the movie, why is Fleeter Flynn still there? Why is this old guy with these children? Uh-huh. It's a little creepy. It is. It is a little creepy. Because, yeah. Because he's also not, like, a role model. He's, like, and he's not, like, friendly to them. He's just kind of, like, there, and he talks about himself the whole time. Uh-huh. Next, because I'm my next note is not so an hour and nine minutes. My next note is not time stamped, but it is the biggest plot hole in this movie. Okay. Okay. The witches say that the to deactivate the cauldron's power to make it so that it can't bring back an army of the undead, a living thing, a living being must crawl inside of inside it of its own free will. Which pretty much means any living being has to get inside the cauldron, and they'll die. Okay? Like, sacrifice himself. Uh-huh. Theoretically, that means a spider could crawl in, and the movie's over. Exactly. Because a spider is a living being, and it would crawl in of its own free will. And then the spider would be dead, which would be great. One less spider on Earth. And then the movie would be <laughs> over. You said an hour and nine minutes? Correct. Is it when um he gets into the cauldron? Uh no, it's after when they're trying to escape. Oh, okay. Um so an hour and four minutes, which is kind of a long jump. The Horn King has put a dead body into the cauldron, which is what rose the undead. And the the characters still don't know what they're going to do. They don't know, like, is one of us going to get inside? Do we push the Horn King in? Is the Horn King actually a living being? He's got a skull for a face. And then Gurgi, just the monkey dog, just jumps in. And here, here's the problem. It's supposed to be, like, this emotional bing-bong death. Like, that is where your emotions oh, are supposed no, to be. No, it was not anywhere near a Bing Bong death. Oh, my God. Like, no I one... cannot handle Bing Bong's so, death. Oh, no one can handle Bing... If you can handle Bing Bong's death, you are a demon. Oh, my gosh. Um, you are not of this world. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> By the way, okay. Um, <laughs> um, what was I saying? Right. That's what the writers, like, wanted it to be, like a bing-bong death moment. Now, the reason it's not is because Gurgi isn't there for half an hour, and when he is there, he's just annoying, and we don't like him. 
And never once in the show does he have like a comeback moment where Taryn is like, oh my God, Gurgi, I'm so glad you're here. Um, the characters never show any compassion for Gurgi. They never like care about him until they're locked up in the Horn King's castle and Gurgi, who wasn't there before, he was like there with the fairies. He was, I don't think he was there with the witches. Um, yeah, Gurgi's not in the scene with the witches. And then he just kind of appears again. He goes away and they're locked up in the castle and Gurgi just appears and like, oh, Gurgi, thank God you're here. Will you please help us escape? Gurgi helps them escape and then he jumps in and it's supposed to be like, oh my God, this character we all cared and loved so dearly has died. Like, no, I don't care about the monkey dog. I never cared about the monkey dog. He's a monkey dog. Okay, I'm done. Yeah, we just didn't build that same emotional connection. Um, so I didn't feel anything when he sacrificed himself. Yeah. Because he was also, like, from the beginning of the movie, he was set up as this is going to be, like, an annoyance. And there was never that shift in the movie where he wasn't. There was never a shift where it's like, now we like him, now we can relate to him. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now go ahead. Okay. I'm good. An hour and nine minutes. All right, one more thing. Okay. <laughs> I have so many notes. I'm sorry. I had a feeling. <laughs> <laughs> the second compliment I gave the movie was the Horn King has a cool death. Like that's a cool yes. that's a cool Disney death. I'll I'll give I'll give you that. Um yeah, I would totally agree. Now go ahead. Okay. At an hour, nine minutes, and 55 seconds, we notice that Taryn is going to unlock the gate. So he gets out of the boat, and he goes to unlock the gate to get them out of there before they Uh would possibly die. Um, So he unlocks the gate, he goes back, and he tries to get in the boat. And it shows, it pans kind of like a scene where you see the boat, and then you see the gate in the distance. Now... Us as the audience just watched him unlock this gate. But now, when you see this scene, the gate is still locked. What's the timestamp? An hour, nine minutes, and 55 seconds. Okay, he's unlocking the gate. He's opening the gate. Oh my god, the gate's... What? My god, get your act together. That's like a big mistake. I can't think of a of a big mistake like that in another Disney movie. Yeah, I I mean, I noticed it, and typically when there's mistakes in movies, they're so small that I can't even notice them. Like, a lot of people, a lot of, like, YouTube compilations of, like, mistakes in movies you probably missed, always, mm-hmm. like, they always include the braid going through Elsa's shoulder in Let, uh-huh. it, in Let It Go. I have never once watching that movie have seen that. Yeah, me too. Isn't it crazy? It is. It... Like, what the heck? That was just, like, budget cuts. <laughs> <laughs> right? 
That's all I got. That's your last note. That is my last note. Okay. Um. How much you got? I have one, two, three, four more. Okay, not bad, not bad. Okay. One hour, 11 minutes, and 30 seconds. Oh, that's my note. The Witches should have been the movie from the beginning, which, again, they should have. It would have been a better movie. Uh Um, This moment was also a letdown. It was supposed to be kind of a big emotional moment. Um... The witches asked for the cauldron back. The witches are like, oh, now the cauldron's useless to you. We'll take it back. And there's no reason why they want it back. We don't know what they want with it or anything. Uh-huh. Um, so they ask the cauldron back, and then Flam has his only important line in this movie, where he uses the witch's words against him. Because the witches say, we only trade. We don't give stuff away. Yep. Um, so they trade. The witches are like, oh, okay, we'll take the cauldron and give you your, give you your sword back. And Taryn is like, no, I want Gurgi. And the witches, and that's exactly how he says it. I want um, Gurgi. With that emotional realism. Um, and the witches are like, no, it's not possible. And then they do it. Mm-hmm. If it's not possible, then how did they do it? <laughs> literally, literally, they go, no, it can't be. It's not possible. And then they do it. <laughs> it it's... Uh, that that whole scene is just like, we never cared about Gurgi. I don't, I don't care if he's dead or not. Which I know sounds harsh, but I don't. Yeah, exactly. Like... I didn't, like, hate him enough where it was, like, stay dead. Well, yeah, obviously. Um, but that we weren't, really expect- like, I wasn't expecting him to come back. I was 100% expecting him to come back. I was like, oh, they're going to bring back Gurgi, and then it's going to be the end of the movie, and it's going to be happily ever after. And it's kind of, and, like, normally I love that. I'm, like, a fan for that. Yeah. Like, if Inside Out ended with, like, Bing Bong coming back and then, you know, oh. Riley was happy and, like, I would have been like, that, this is my movie. But with this, it's, like, it's it's obvious and not in a good way. Right? Yeah. When you're watching Finding Dory for the first time, you know she's going to find her parents because it's a movie. Like, yeah. you, you know. What would be without that? Yeah, like, you know it's going to happen, and the entire two hours, hour and a half of that movie, you prepare yourself for that. And in this movie, like, it's, I knew he was going to come back the second he jumped in the cauldron. I'm going to be like, oh, somehow he's going to be brought back. But for some reason, even though it it's expected and the same idea as Finding Dory... I don't care. Like, I'm like, great, it happened, get on with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know why. I could not explain to you why. Yep. Uh, oh, it's still me, because you did your last note. So, Correct. my next note is they escape from the castle on the boat. They get onto this little island, right? The sky is bleak and gray and 
you cannot see the sky. It is only clouds. They are on this small little island thing. There's like one dead tree and it is just like theme color is brown here. Suddenly the witches bring Gurgi back. They all turn around. The sky is blue. <laughs> There's perfect white fluffy clouds. A vibrant green forest is behind them. And it's like, wh what? You what? You were just on an island, and now you're in this beautiful valley with wildflowers and trees and bunnies, and it's just like, what? Like, I was just so lost. Okay. Yeah, I, and, and like, budget cuts, like, question mark? Like, honestly, I'm really starting to think they just did not have a good enough budget for this movie. Honestly, they probably didn't. Because what came right before this, 1985, we talked about it last time, but I don't remember. Great Mouse Detective came right after this. Yes. Um, what came right before this? Any guesses? I am unsure. Fox and the Hound. Oh, really? Um, was the previous animated movie. Fox and the Hound, I'm pretty sure made money. I don't think it did terrible in the mm -hmm. box. Let's see. Budget, 12 million. Box office, 63 million. Okay, that so was good. So it made money. And then we have The Black Cauldron, which made surprisingly more amount of money than I expected. Oh, interesting. Budget, okay, I just don't understand. The budget, 25 to 44 million. Okay. Box box office twenty one million. If they spent forty four million dollars on this movie and only made twenty one million, like that explains so much. Yeah. But if if this like only lost three million dollars for Disney, like whoa, this did better than yeah, expected. that's not bad. Um. All right, and for my final note, Bobble's back. Bobble is back. He's back suddenly. Don't ask me how, but he's just there again. As they all walk into the sunset. We also never see the pig again. Mm. We yep. just, like, are told to assume the pig is home safe with Ben Franklin. Okay. Okay. What do we normally do after we finish our notes? We talk about what we thought of the movie, but I think they already know we hated it. Okay, so in case you didn't know, this was a terrible, awful movie. No. Mm -hmm. um, like, I'm glad I watched it because now I can say I watched it, right? Yeah, agreed. So at this point, Hannah and I normally spin the wheel. Um, however, we did that last week when we <laughs> recorded the exact same thing. <laughs> um, when we recorded this for the first time. Um, yeah. And... I'm going to try to be a little, like, dramatic here with the big reveal, but I don't have, you know, the wheel checks or the applause with me. However, next week, Hannah, do you want to say it? Yeah, next week we'll be watching the live-action version of 101 Dalmatians. Starring Glenn Close. Which is kind of exciting because we haven't done a live-action in a while, and it's more of a different live-action one. It's not, like... It's not 
um, I guess I wouldn't consider in the group of the the new live re- live actions that have been released. Yeah. Um, um, for example, Dumbo, Cinderella. I looked um, it up. I looked it up yesterday. The first live action remake was Jungle Book, and then Disney got into this whole. Um, let's do it for everything. Yep. Let's make Mulan worse. Oh, did you watch it? No, I did not spend $30 to watch something that I already knew was going to be terrible. Me and my family watched it together, and I was, I going into it, I knew I was going to be disappointed, but I was even more disappointed than I thought I was going to be. Okay, okay, Hannah, Hannah. Was, what was worse, Mulan or the Black Cauldron? I think the Black Cauldron was worse. Okay. Okay. Um, um, I've heard bad things about it. Yeah, I've heard I, it's not exciting. Uh-uh. Um, and I obviously don't want to give any spoilers, but there was a lot of stuff that they took out I feel like should have been in it, and a lot of new stuff they added that really took away from the from the original theme. Um, yeah. And um, that's all. I don't want to, like, spoil isn't, it. So. Isn't the bad guy, like, this hawk lady? Yes, but then she. I don't want to. I don't want to spoil. Okay, no, yes. no. I guess like I was talking. I don't remember who I was talking to about this, but they said it's weird how they took away all the cartoon aspects, like singing and yep. Nushu, and in and they added a cartoon villain, which it didn't need. I would like to add is that when I am going into watching a. Disney live action remake. I emphasize the remake part. I want it to be similar to the original movie. And I think Disney has taken a lot of creative license and tried to change them, which to me, I don't enjoy because I'm like, I'm going into it thinking I'm seeing a remake. Yeah. No, a lot of people might consider Maleficent the first of these live action remakes. Oh, I would not. Um, if you don't consider it, I think the first one is Cinderella. Cinderella. That's how I was going to say. Which came out, yeah, Cinderella would have been the first one. And honestly, I have a list, okay? I'm not going to pull it up right now and go through it unless, like, we want to go through my list of rating live action remakes. I think we should save that for next episode. (laughs) Because we're watching a live action remake. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Um, We will talk about this next week. So just more to look forward to. Yes, exactly. But yeah, that's all I got for you. Yeah, I guess this is where we go our separate ways until (laughs) when we record the next movie in two days. Yeah. Fun. Yay. Okay. All right. Bye, Hannah. Bye, Daniel. Thank you for listening to Disney Talk with Daniel and Hannah. We hope you enjoyed this episode, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Thank you guys for listening to Disney Talk with Hannah and Daniel. All the clips from this episode were made and owned by the Walt Disney Company. The theme song was created by Jacob Slaker, and the cover art by Sarah Fleischman. Bye.